Hello, this is Bob. And Abigail. And this is Praying For You, the podcast. Welcome, welcome. And we are coming to you today. Let's see, last time? No, it's time before last. I can't remember. I'm old. We recorded in Central Florida. And now we are visiting some dear friends. And as we say often, when you have friends in faith, they are family. And they're part of a forever family. So we're here sitting on a porch overlooking some beautiful trees and a creek and surrounded by mountains I, I don't know if it could be any more beautiful what do you think i don't think also um, we're not too far from a bear reserve yes uh, and the natahula natahala national forest i don't I, know how I to pronounce know. it but we're in north carolina yes we're yep. in north carolina didn't yeah. mention that part yeah i did oh you did okay yeah, see, you're not paying attention like usual. Uh, but the last time we were together, as we, you know, as always, we talk about prayer, and uh, one of the things that we bring up often is that one of the modern misconceptions of prayer is that it's um, has to be a ritualized or religious expression, and in reality, prayer is just conversation. And there's a lot of different ways that that conversation is described. Uh, it's described as an act of worship. It's described as just a friend talking to a friend. And so what we're looking to do is to just clear up some, some misunderstandings about communicating with God as we talk about prayer. And so uh, we started looking at Matthew chapter 6. And as I explained last time, there are many people who call this uh, passage the Lord's Prayer. But in reality, it's more of the, the model prayer, I think, is a better description of it. Uh, because it's not so much Jesus praying as it is him giving us uh, some, well, basic instructions in prayer. Laying down an example so that we can understand more of what communicating with God looks like. And one of the first things he said, if you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, uh, again, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. And in verse 5, he says, And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites. Well, last time we talked about hypocrites as people who are play-acting. They're, they're putting on a show. It's like, and here, in this particular context, he said, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. So these are religious play-actors, people who want to be noticed. And so they're using prayer as a platform to be seen as somebody who's uber-spiritual. You know, they, they want to be that guy or that gal. And so we talked about how people come on, grow up under certain religious traditions. You know, the prayer for them becomes very ritualistic. And Jesus is warning against that, you know. And he say they stand praying, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Remember, the key to prayer, understanding what it is, is our open communication to God. Um and even though there may be people around us while we're praying, Jesus is the attention of our affection. You know, he's the one we're to be focused on. And so if you're more concerned about how you're being perceived by uh, someone who's listening to you pray than having a heartfelt conversation with the creator, uh, you've kind of missed the whole point. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Well, what is their reward? Well, it's not that moment of intimacy with God. It's the recognition by man. And he says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And we talked about that quite a bit last time. And now we're coming into verse 7. 
And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So today we're going to focus in, before we get into our prayer time, today we're going to focus in on verses 7 and 8. So we looked at hypocrites, so we don't want to be like hypocrites, and we don't be, want to be like heathens. If you're one of my family members, if you, uh, Aunt Nancy in particular, if you're listening, my whole life she used to accuse us of being heathens. Mm-hmm. Where the extra R comes from, I guess it's an Eastern Kentucky thing. But if we were acting up, we were just a bunch of heathens. So, you know, so we're not to pray like hypocrites, and we're not to pray like heathens. I was actually surprised to find out um, later on that uh, heathen, or the word heathen, does not have an R in it. Because as a child, I always heard it pronounced heathen by, you know, whomever. Um, but, that, but that's not correct. Now I know. Now you know. Now know. Yes. There, there isn't an R in heathen. Mm-hmm. And a heathen, in this context, this, this particular word that was used here, can, it's a reference to <coughs> a Gentile, somebody who's a non-Jew, but more importantly, it's a reference to somebody who does not believe in God, the one true God. So this is somebody who may be very religious, but in our context, we say this is someone who could be extremely religious and not have a relationship with Jesus. So when we were looking at the hypocrites, I called that a ritualized prayer. They're, they're following a religious structure in their prayer life, something that gets them noticed and something that causes people to, to pay attention to them. And when Jesus talks about this, the the praying as the heathens do, he says they pray with vain repetitions. Vain means empty, of no value. And they're repeating these phrases over and over again. Um, There's two ways I describe this type of praying. You either call it Harry Potter prayers or radical prayers. So you have the rationalization, I'm sorry, you have the ritualization of prayer. And then you have the radicalization of it. And that's what the heathens do. Now, what do I mean by the radicalization of it? Well, there's a strong movement among the modern Christianity to where people, uh, and I've heard this said from pulpits and uh, radio broadcast TV, to where if you quote a particular verse or pray in a particular way, that God is duty bound to listen to you. Uh, folks, that's witchcraft. If you're saying or claiming that you can have authority over the spiritual realm through reciting an incantation, even though you may call it a prayer, what you're saying is is that you can have dominance over God. And that's not at all what prayer is. Prayer is a submission and relinquishing self as a bondservant to the creator of the universe, and it is a two-way communication. And so that's the reason why I call it the radicalization of prayer. People have taken prayer and and they've incorporated it into mantras and different forms of meditation. Meditation in the strictest sense of being at peace and focusing, it's not a bad thing. We could look at that in Ephesians and Philippians where there's certain places where Paul is telling us, encouraging us to, to be focused, be at peace, concentrate on things that God would have us to concentrate on. Uh, that could be considered meditation. But if you're talking about a uh, radicalized form of prayer to where you're repeating certain phrases over and over again in an attempt to gain control over God or over spiritual entities, uh, that's a form of witchcraft. And that's an abomination. So 
We don't want a ritualized form of prayer. We don't want to do those things that say, look at me, look at me. We don't want to communicate with God in such a way that mimics unbelievers who are looking to gain influence over the spiritual realm through, uh, you know, they would beat themselves with cords. And there's still certain groups around the world that do certain things because they think through their, their acts of self-mutilation and deprivation that they can gain some sort of control over the spiritual realm and force them to do their bidding. Um, and Jesus is warning, don't be like them. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Um, one of the things I say a lot is Jesus is always concerned about the heart of the matter. And as the discerner of our heart, and then we're going to look at this in just, just a second, he understands and knows. So then that leads us to the, the question, then why do we pray? Well, when we go into verse 8, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So there's no need to berate the Heavenly Father. Yes, there are other passages of Scripture where Jesus talks about uh, bringing your requests repeatedly before the Father, but that's more of an unburdening of something that you are struggling with and bringing it to the Father. You know, best way I can put it is kind of like this. Uh, we had my uh, granddaughter and grandson over, Abigail's niece and nephew, and we'd been outside, and they were running around and playing. One of them's four, the other's two. Well, they were hot. They were sweaty. I know they needed a drink. But we went in the house, and I got them a glass of water, and they both asked for that drink of water. Well, as a discerning grandfather, I could see, obviously, hey, these kids are going to need a drink of water. But yet, it was still gratifying to me that my grandkids were respectful enough were courteous enough, kind enough to come to me, call, say, hey, granddad, may I please have a drink of water? It was just this precious little moment. And to someone else, it would have meant nothing. It's just kids asking for water on a hot day. But for me, it showed that they were respectful and were coming to me and asking. Well, first of all, they felt comfortable enough to ask. Secondly, it was a legitimate need. And as a loving grandfather, what am I going to do? I'm going to meet that need. I'm going to get my babies a drink of water, right? Well, when we come to our Father, it's not about repetitious phrasing over and over again. He knows what our legitimate needs are. He knows of things that we can't even comprehend of that we desperately need for our own benefit. So then why do we bring these requests to him? It's out of love. It's out of respect. Out of a time of communication, and it's out of intimacy. You know, just by giving my grandkids a drink of water on a hot day, I was able to connect with them. And it's something so precious about a little child, especially when they're first learning how to drink from a cup. That amazing look on their face when they get it right. Uh -huh. You know what I'm talking about? They, you, you hand them the cup and their eyes get really big and they're like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And they kind of take those few deep breaths and they, they work themselves up. It's like, it's like uh, exercise almost. Like William especially, he's about to turn two and uh, we don't have sippy cups at our house so he just uses this little plastic cup um, and, and I only put a few sips in, in it at a time because he can't handle much more than that. He's still learning how to actually drink from the thing, but it's really precious to see him try, 
you know, he has to put a lot of effort into it. He really has to concentrate, not to spill it all over himself. So he winds up, he kind of he kind of moves back and forth, and he's got this cup. He takes a couple of deep breaths, and he pours the water into his mouth. And then he's so excited. He gives mm-hmm. you the cup back, and he's so grateful because mm-hmm. he was hot and thirsty. But yet it's this amazing thing, and it's a moment that you get to share that would mean nothing to no one else. But here I am talking about it with the biggest smile on my face because it's that moment I had with my grandbaby. Well, folks, we have a loving Heavenly Father who when we come to Him in those most simple of requests, He already knows what we need. But it's those special moments between us and Him that may mean nothing to anyone else that encourages us, that builds us up, And then after we receive whatever we need from him, when we take the time to listen, is when he instructs. So as we're looking at this model prayer, we haven't really gotten into it yet. We see so so much vital instruction from Jesus. Don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't don't rely on a, a, a religious, ritualized tradition in your prayer life. Speak from your heart and communicate openly with Jesus. Don't pray like unbelievers and and different religious groups around the world that think simply by repeating phrases over and over again. I don't know if they think they're going to bore their God to death, harass them. I I don't know what they think they're accomplishing, but they feel like they're going to get something, gain influence, gain some sort of power through this entire process. God already knows, but it's through the act of asking that we gain intimacy and understanding. I mean, think about that. We can gain understanding into the heart and head of the Creator God. What a privilege. What a privilege. Well, anyway, that's uh, what we're going to look at about prayer today. And now we're going to get into our prayer requests. Um, those of you may remember when we interviewed our uh, brother, Chad, in Florida, and he was talking about some upcoming mission trips, possibility of a trip to India in the spring, which uh, I may have an opportunity to participate in. So please continue to remember Chad's uh, ministry, what he's attempting to do, where he lives, plus some of the trips he's getting ready to take. Also, uh, we had a prayer request from uh, a young lady about her nephew. Um, I don't know exactly what the illness is, but his name is Andrew. We also have another uh, young man named Andrew that we have been praying for. Um, He's a relatively new Christian. God had delivered him from addiction and all sorts of other things. Uh, In religious circles, we call it backsliding, but he had some things come up in his life, and he, he went back to drugs for a little bit, but Holy Spirit is always faithful, and through conviction and through that gentle drawing, Andrew knew that what he was doing with his life was wrong. And uh, so he came back home, he's cleaned back up, and hopefully he's going to stay on that path and uh, stay focused on Jesus. So we have two Andrews to pray for. Abby, you had some that were mentioned to you as well. Uh, Well, I want to pray for our aunt in Cleveland. Um, Recently, uh, she turned 97 years old. Um, Cleveland, Tennessee. Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah, don't accuse us of being a Yankee. No, definitely not Ohio. That's too far. Um, But uh, we were able to spend a wonderful visit with her recently for her birthday 
um, and she has been a huge blessing to our family. Um, she's doing amazingly well considering her age. She's healthy. She's, I mean, her mind is sharp. And I just want to, you know, thank the Lord for that um, because she's able to share, you know, her experiences and things with us. And that, you know, that that's a huge deal to me to have someone in my life like that. Yeah, we are very fortunate. Uh, my mom's still around. And then to have my See, she's my great-aunt, your great-great-aunt, right? Mm-hmm. And then my grand, two of my grandkids were with us. So that was their great-great-great-aunt. I mean, that's what a, what a wonderful privilege. And that's, yes. so I want to, yeah, be faithful and praising the Lord that we could have so many generations of us together at one time and all of us loving Jesus and being able to share that. Um, some other prayer requests. Uh, also coming up, we have some more trips that we're taking. Got to need to make another trip to Florida, possibly a trip to Kentucky. And then in a few weeks, we're heading to South Dakota. And uh, we just pray the Holy Spirit precedes that doors are open that we're not even aware of and opportunities to share Jesus with people and to be an encouragement. Good grief. We just want to be an encouragement. And also next time we're in Florida, we'll touch base with Chad again, talking about uh, how things are going with him, different ministry plans, and uh, where the missions trips are in development. Uh, we have some other ministerial partners down there that uh, have several things going on that I'm really excited about following up with them. And here in North Carolina, uh, there, God is just opening doors of opportunity. The, the, the couple that uh, fed us lunch today and opened their home to us are just precious friends, and God is using them in wonderful ways, and we're so grateful for that and to hear their testimonies of youthfulness. So um, remember, if you have a prayer request, if there's something you'd like for us to pray for and you'd like, it, like us to circulate it amongst our prayer partners, uh, that email address is prayingforyouinyours at gmail. Again, that's praying for you and yours at Gmail. And I'm going to apologize. This will probably be the last time, but I always apologize for the length of that email address. Email's been around for a long time, y'all. And getting a new email address that's short and to the point is getting hard. I can't tell you how many combinations I went through before I finally got praying for you and yours. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it takes a long time to type it in. You probably could have gotten praying for you if you had thrown in a, you know, Oh, an upside down question mark or exclamation point. Oh, yeah. If I had to throw something, something in way. there that I don't even know how to bring up on the keyboard oh, okay. that I wouldn't have the ability to explain to people. Well. So we would have a, yeah, we, I could have got a useless email address pretty easy. But it would have been shorter. It would have been shorter, but it would useless. Have been shorter. So it's longer, but useful. Okay. You know, that all works. Right. I, so, because I'm a lot bigger than you, but I'm useful. I wouldn't say more useful. I was getting ready to I insult you, and I, I caught myself. I, I think uh, I'm within reach, this so I'm not going to do it. It's not. I'm going to stop it right now. I'm going to stop it. And as we're praying, pray along with us. And again, email your prayer requests and voice them to the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with talking out loud while somebody else is praying too. You can be in communication with Jesus. So uh, I'm going to ask Abigail to start us off in our prayer time. Praise the Lord leads her, then I'll pray. Uh, we have some joining us here on the porch that are praying along with us, praying for you as well as you're listening to this. And uh, let's just go before the throne of grace and experience a time of fellowship with Jesus. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here today safely. 
and uh, for the opportunity to speak about you and to share scripture. Uh, Jesus, I lift Miss Sharp to you, who I met the other day when we were visiting with Miss Maxine. Lord, please draw her to you in faith and strengthen her body. Uh, Jesus, thank you for our Aunt Maxine, for the wonderful time that we had with her. Thank you, Lord, for her wisdom. Thank you for uh, her good health that she can share with us, uh, Lord, and teach us um, because of all of the experiences she has had and her long life, Lord. You've blessed her with that, but in turn, she's able to bless others with it. Uh, and so, Jesus, thank you for her and for her daughter, Lord God, who organized that whole thing so that we could be with them. Um, Lord, I lift to you everyone who's listening. Jesus said, if anyone listening to us, um, that if they don't know you in faith, Jesus, please draw them to you. Uh, teach them the truth of your word that they would believe in you for salvation. Um, and Jesus, uh, we have friends in Florida, friends in Alabama, friends all over the place, Lord, that we have um, built relationships with that don't know you. Um, and Jesus, I want them to know you and to have a relationship with you, Lord God, um, because that is truly amazing. And so, Lord, you know who I have on my heart. So, Lord God, please draw them to you. And um, my friend in Florida, whose mother is uh, struggling with cancer, Jesus, I ask that you would heal her miraculously and glorify yourself in that situation so that they would recognize that you are who you say you are, Lord, and that you are the healer and the, the physician. Um, Jesus, uh, thank you for this beautiful weather. Uh, thank you for this beautiful country, Lord, uh, for the freedoms that we have here. And Lord, for the physical beauty of it, that we can enjoy it. Uh, Jesus, this green, green and the warmth and the, the breeze and everything about today. Lord, that is a gift from you. And thank you for that. Lord, we are so grateful for the beauty of your creation. And it just reflects your glory. And Lord, on a clear night, when we look up at a dark sky and we see those little balls of gas that are so far away, but yet we're still hung there by you. We can feel so small and insignificant. But Jesus, when we look at the splendor and the glory of your creation and the magnificence that you reveal about yourself, Lord, when we understand that you went to the cross on our behalf and you died for me, yes, you died for the cumulative sins of the world, but Lord, you died for me, for Bob. So in the midst of an expansive universe that reveals your power and your glory, I am reminded of my significance, my importance, of my value, Jesus, because of what you did for me. And though, Lord, so humbling, so encouraging. And Lord, we know there are those who we've been praying for and who are listening that don't feel that encouragement today. They... They have so many things going in their life that has deprived them of their personal value. And Lord, they don't see in themselves who you see, who you created them to be, who you died for them to be. Lord Jesus, that through faith in you and recognition of what was accomplished on the cross and the hope that came about as a result of your resurrection, that empty tomb, that Lord Jesus, they can walk in faith every day alongside of the Savior, and in times of need being picked up, being escorted by the creator of the universe. Oh, Lord, I'm just so burdened for them today. And, uh, we've had a chance to meet with some people recently that just, 
when they talk about themselves, Lord Jesus, they, they honestly don't see any value in who they are. And Lord, it's heartbreaking, first of all, that they would be in that mindset and that somebody has convinced them of such a terrible lie. But Lord Jesus, what they don't realize is they're demeaning the cross. They're saying your blood is insignificant because they're insignificant. And Lord, that's not true. Their value is so great. And so, Lord, I pray for their encouragement. I pray for their uplifting. Lord God, put Christians in their path. I'm not talking about church people. I'm not talking about people who reflect more of the hypocrites and the heathens as a result of religious practice. I'm talking about people that love you, Jesus, and know the truth of your word, that are going to stand up for your truth and love them no matter who they are. Jesus, put those people in their path. And Lord, we do pray for these prayer requests that have been mentioned, both of the Andrews, for those who need healing of cancer. I think of James as well. Uh, Lord, we lift him to you and we ask for physical healing. But Lord, so far beyond the physical, there's also the spiritual and the emotional. And there are so many that are struggling today in ways they can't even voice. They, they don't know how to utter it. But God, thank you so much from the promises of your word that we have the knowledge that you know. Even if we can't say it, if the hurt is so deep, if the pain is so real, we can't even get the words out of our mouth. Father, just in the attempt, we draw close to you. We experience your love. And we know that you are completely aware and already at work for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Jesus, thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you that we have Bibles to read that reveal who you are to us, and we can gain instruction and wisdom through. Jesus, for the different ministries that we've mentioned, Lord God, thank you for the faithfulness of your servants, people who see themselves as bond slaves, people who recognize that every breath we've been given, we can give back to you in praise and in preparation and in seeking to be an encouragement and a blessing to others. And in every kind act we commit, whether or not we voice your name, we're still reflecting your glory. We're still mirroring your love into the lives of people who so desperately need it. Father God, thank you for those privileges. Thank you for these people who read your word, apply it, and share it. And Lord God, we pray for their encouragement, for their strength, and for uh, their renewed abilities. And Lord, for those as well, the mission trips that are being planned, uh, it's that time of year. We see church buses and vans and groups all over the place. God, people need protection. They need strength. They need encouragement. And they need wisdom. They need to know what to say and when to say it in such a way that reveals your love. So Lord God, as we just... Bundle all these prayer requests together and place them at your feet. We know that you are most capable and able to do something about it. From your word, we know that you are willing. And in faith, we thank you in advance for all the great things that you are accomplishing on our behalf. Jesus, you are truly wonderful. We celebrate you. We worship you, our King. And it's in your most precious name we ask these things. In the name of Jesus, Yahshua, we say amen. Amen. So, Abigail, you've recently uh, 
began a new project. I don't yes. know what else to call it. You hate when I use the term ministry project. I do. Uh, I, I hear that term a lot. And I think sometimes um, the word ministry a lot, I'll just go ahead and say this real quick. The word ministry, I think, is taken out of context and is very misunderstood. Um, basically, every, anybody who loves Jesus is involved in ministry. To me, ministry is just living. Uh, if you love Jesus, then you're a minister because all of us are, are called to be that because we're supposed to love each other, and that's basically it. And I think we really overcomplicate that. But anyway, um, so I have been wanting to share scripture, and I talked about this some in our last podcast, and uh, the Lord led me to record an audio Bible, and I've been putting it on YouTube, and um, my YouTube channel, it's hard to find. I have so few views right now, like two subscribers. So if you just type in the channel, you're probably not going to find me. Uh, but if you type in into YouTube, the word is truth, uh, just one phrase, the word is truth, and then I have um, several videos posted from the Gospel of Matthew. If you type in the word is truth and then Matthew, uh, some of my videos may come up and then you can subscribe. And all it is is just uh, us reading scripture and there's a PowerPoint presentation to go along with it that shows the text. And I'm using um, the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. I chose that to avoid any copyright issues. Um, but it, I think it's a solid translation, and I, I've just I've been enjoying doing that. And it's just real simple. And right now, that's all that's on that channel. So if you want to find me, that's where you can find me. And for those of you who have been following our ministry, there are many of you who are outside of the listening audience that we've connected with over the years and are aware of what we're doing. But the whole point of the YouTube channel, the podcast, also the other podcast with uh, Born Again with Michael Evett, uh, it's all about just staying connected with people and encouraging one another to stay in communication with Jesus and stay in his word and just allow everything else to grow out of that. So uh, please be in prayer for those things that we're pursuing. There are going to be others that we're mentioning in the near future, ways to connect, and through us, ways to connect with other people. And it's just about being a community of like-minded people who love Jesus. So uh, through the wonders of modern technology, we have the ability to have a community that's literally worldwide. And so we just want to take advantage of the resources and opportunities we have to expand that community, to invest in that community, and to uh, just seek to be a blessing when and where we can. So again, that email address is praying for you and yours at Gmail. Please send in prayer requests, comments, uh, questions, anything you may have, um, something you're upset about. I, I would not shock me at all if I've said something that maybe offended somebody. I do that occasionally, and uh, but we'd still love to hear anything that you have to say, because remember, Jesus loves you. Abigail, anything that you'd like to say? I think we've covered it. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening.